1: Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Devin Hassan, sports editor for the Mesquite News and the Rowlett Lakeshore Times, as well as Taylor Ragland, who writes sports for the Plano Star Courier, Alan American, and Lake City Sun. And gentlemen, let's keep discussing high school football. We're just a little over, uh, what, two weeks out, and I guess now from the start of the season, a little under two weeks, but um, now we're going to, uh, as we've done these past few weeks on the podcast, we're going to keep discussing stuff in anticipation of the upcoming season. We've been going you know, district by district, classification by classification. We've discussed 5A, we've discussed 4A, we even threw the private schools a bone at the start of this whole thing, and now we are left with our four 6A districts. So let's dive into the biggest classification of them all. Today um, we're going to discuss, we're actually going to combo up a couple of those districts today. We're going to discuss districts 10, 6 a and 6 a so a very East Dallas County centric podcast, a very Devin Hasson centric yeah. podcast. Yeah. This is going to be the Devin Hasson yeah. show for the next 30-40 minutes as we discuss the uh, year two core 6A Districts, two districts that you know inside and out, and have for quite some time. So let's let's dive right into it, man. Let's talk District Ten Six A, the the Garland ISD district, with a little bit of a little bit of an outsider coming in a little bit. Um, so this uh, this district, for those who don't uh, recall what. Garland ISD consists of. Mm-hmm. It is a Rowlett, Sachse, uh, Garland, Lakeview Centennial, Naaman Forest, North Garland, South Garland, and then making their... Uh, is this the first time they've been in the Garland ISD district?
2: In, is in at least a couple of decades, okay. yeah. So. In, which, which you know, given the fact that they border Sachse, mm-hmm. it, you, you would think that mm-hmm. over time, just, you know, on various realignments, uh, particularly when they had fewer than seven GISD schools, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's been a while.
1: We're talking about Wiley for that Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, Because you know, there is confusion
2: outside the Metroplex on on, anytime they see Rylott and "sexy," people don't realize that they're part of Garland ISD yeah. right. so
1: so, but yes, Wiley is uh, making the shift over from, uh, you know, I guess much, you know, much easier from a, from a travel standpoint and should be, uh, should make for a uh, much, uh, should level out the playing field in that district quite a bit, at least, you know, with Wiley having to soldier through the Allen Plano District in 66A these past two years. So, well, let's dive right into this district, um, as has been the case for all of these uh, these, district pod, uh, these district preview podcasts. We're going to go, um, we're going to focus primarily on the teams that fall within our coverage area. So, for this, we're going to discuss primarily Rowlett and Sachse. Um, we're going to go on um, for each team. We'll talk about kind of the biggest storyline hitting into the season for each team, plus kind of, uh, you know, Devin's general outlook and what he expects, you know, out of these, uh, you know, those two teams that he'll be covering primarily. And then um, once we're done with that, then we'll look at some more district wide uh, projections. Some We'll give you one game to watch, the key game to watch out of District Ten Six a and then round it out with, um, you know, Devin's projected top four. Who does he think is going to make the playoffs right now as the, as the season gets underway next week? And then we'll do the entire thing on the back half of the podcast talking about eleven six A. So let's uh, let's start with the uh, the defending district champion, the Saxie Mustangs. Devin, just talk a little bit about Saxey coming off their best season ever. Um, what is the biggest storyline as they try to build off of that uh, that miraculous two thousand seventeen season?
2: Well, like you mentioned, they they raised the bar last that's last season, making it to the regional semifinals for the first time in school history. That was their expectation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's they entered the year with those kind of expectations. Just a ton of Division one talent over there, and they lived up to it for the most part. and, and were a nearly mid-stage that miraculous comeback in the semifinals against fliverville Henderson to uh, to make it to the regional finals. Uh, so I think the big storyline this year is how do you replace that talent and particularly a quarterback? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Maiden was a three-year starter. He's now at Mississippi State. Uh, just a, a dynamic playmaker, but and really a guy who took the reins you know, from his first start his sophomore year. They don't have Jalen May. I mean, they lost a lot of talent, but Jalen Mayden was kind of the guy that, that made that team go, especially on offense. So I'm really kind of curious to see how they tailor their offense around uh, the, the there's plenty of good parts But how they tailor their uh, The offense around What they have returning uh, Anthony Beltron Was the backup last year He wasn't asked to do much He mostly came in On mop-up duty And mm-hmm. you know They're up by 50 points A lot of times When he comes in So he basically His job was to hand the ball off So you know He got he has a, a full Off-season of work uh, They've worked A couple other kids In there as well That you know If, if that's not the answer That may step in uh, Whoever does Take snaps Is going to have A ton of talent around him mm-hmm. uh, They did graduate Christian Cole Who was the offensive of Player of the Year Last year Uh, You know, rushed for 1,700 yards But what they did is they slid uh, slid Miles Nash from wide receiver to running back And Miles Nash is a shorter guy In stature, about 5'8", but just An absolute Burner. Uh, playmaker, I mean, he was he flashed that last year playing wide receiver, uh, expected to be the lead back. They're also going to line him up in the slot, mm-hmm. so they're going to take advantage of his pass catching abilities as well. So, uh, Miles Nash, you know, is going to be kind of one of that, those breakout players, I think, uh, in the area this year. Torrey Washington was a backup last year that did, that flashed his potential as well. He'll get some touches in the backfield. They're wide receiver. They lose Drew Jackson, but they have a a, a very seasoned core coming back with guys like Derek Rose, guys like Trent Dean, guys like Cameron Kramer. They always have guys, you know, waiting to step up. These younger guys yes. like Cameron Quinn. So we'll see what happens there. Their offensive line is young. Uh, coach Barrons, uh, Mark Red Barrons, the head coach over at Sax, he was pleased though how tally developed over in the off with guys like Larry Wynn, Joshua Velasquez, Latre Harris, who I believe was about three sixty five. I mean, he's, a, he's an imposing figure. I mean, he's a six three six four, six three six four, oh, three sixty. He's wow. he's easy to pick out when you're watching from the press box looking I, at I'd the preseason warm ups. So. So you know, he, they, they, so whoever t- steps in at quarterback is is that transition is going to be eased by the fact that the skill pieces around them are mm-hmm. very good. Uh, again, though, that's it's still going to be a big key because there's no Jalen Maiden oh, yeah. uh, to turn to right. when they had to last year in games against Rowlett and get their playoff game against Rockwell when he was able to basically single handedly kind of lead them back from from well, deficits. What
1: is kind of the biggest part of Maiden's skill set that you think that offense is going to miss heading into the season? You know, he he
2: stepped in as a sophomore, incredibly poised. I mean, he just, he he was a dual threat, but he knew when to to, to take off. He knew when to stay in the pocket. You know, you don't see that from a lot of sophomores, and certainly by his senior year, he had that, you know, down really well. Um, You know, he just kind of had that sense. And I mentioned the Rilette game last year. You know, there there were games where he didn't have any carries, there were games where he didn't attempt a single pass. Um, It just all depended on how the game went, what the game plan was. But when he needed to, he knew when to. You know, put the team on his shoulders, mm. and so I think that's the, that's the that the element they're going to miss most is just his leadership and just kind of his instinctiveness. There, you know, taking snaps.
1: What do you think the odds are on another hip hop track being recorded by the uh, by the players well, this well, season? Well, I, I don't know
2: because uh, I think Jalen was one of those that was on the track yeah. last year, so I, I don't know how many of their of their going to carry that they, down, They're that, just
1: going to pass it on down to that, the underclassmen. That, uh, to
2: yeah, I mean,
1: become I, a program I, tradition. It, you know, it, it may be. Yeah. You know, uh,
2: but we'll see what happens. I, I don't yeah. think any tracks are going to be. Lay down mm. real early, but uh, you know we get to, if they, they get to be seven or eight. No, hey, um, then we ha- we may have a maybe a wrapping remix up these games at halftime or like something. I don't know yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So kind of on that note, though, I mean, it's, I mean, I'd imagine expectations are kind of you know a little bit different than they were. Because like, I don't know, like, did they expect last season to have the kind of year that they did? Was there kind of this vibe around the team at this time a year ago that they would be capable of what they did? Or they,
2: they did. I, I think um, mm. you know it was hard to say because so many of their games were, were lopsided in yeah. the district last year. But they went, they won the first round playoff game, and then they played the Woodlands, who was state ranked and undefeated, mm-hmm. and they they were ahead in the fourth quarter of that yeah. game. And I think, and, and that was a, a, you know, a lot of juniors on that team. And I think that kind of proved to themselves that they can compete with the best teams mm-hmm. in the state, and that carried over. Yeah, I don't think you could... I mean, you know, and, and every coach, and every player is going to tell you, we, we're not going to take a step back. We're not going to lower our expectation level just because we've lost some guys yeah, and you need know you right. to you, you recycle every year and you have to go through, you know. And I think, again, there, there may not be the amount of D1 talent on the opposite side of the ball that they had a year ago but their defense has a lot of talent as well and right. people yeah. get, lost, they get caught up in the averaging 50 points a game type thing but their defense is is salty I mean they defensive line they returned Hunter Spears he's a Notre Dame commitment he missed all of last yeah. season uh, with an injury uh, worked Hard in the offseason Actually If they would have made it A little bit further It was that You know There was a possibility He could contributed uh, If the playoff ran Went uh, late enough But he's a tremendous talent You know He had a huge sophomore year uh, Clark Yarbrough uh, Is another guy Who was part of that rotation Last year uh, Josh Stafford Got some snaps And it was really tough To break into that Deep to line rotation I mean they have four right. guys That went to college you know, based, you know Off that line And obviously Hunter Spears Is committed to Notre Dame So it was a tough rotation To break into But both those guys Um were contributors. Their linebacker core should be good. Uh, Bryce Robinson is a Texas Tech comment. Uh Matthew Carter was one of their, I guess, their primary backup running back last year and, and did a really good job, but he's actually being moved over to kind of a rover position mm-hmm. on defense this year. Uh, their, their secondary should be solid. Micah Buchanan, uh, as safety, was an all-district performer. And Coach Barron's was really excited about Braylon Brooks and P.J. Barber, his two Cornerbacks. He thinks that they could be the, the,
3: the best, I guess, set of cornerbacks that Saxie's had in quite some time. That was the thing that kind of struck me, not knowing a whole lot about Saxie and not mm-hmm. being here last year. Um, they returned just nine starters, I think, um, at least as far as Dave Campbell's, you know, their listing of. And it, It's not as many as, you know, we see some teams with obscene numbers, 15, 16, 17 yeah. starters coming back. But it seems like they return the right starters to be still balanced you know looking at their defense and their offense and who they have coming back um, a lot of time you see teams bringing back less than 10 starters and okay well they're all on offense or you know they're all on defense or you know there's a huge glaring hole but it seems like they're still pretty well set up across you know all 22 uh, starting positions with guys moving up and all that kind of stuff so for a team that loses obviously a a QB and, and a huge talent but Brings back enough to, to still be pretty pretty balanced. And- yeah,
2: and, and you know it's um, they they employ a lot of rotations anyway. Mm-hmm. But I guess if there is a benefit to being up. A- Fifty-one, nothing in the third quarter. Is right. you, yeah. you rotated yeah. a lot? Yeah. Of guys. You get they, to build you know, that depth. These these guys, yeah. the, these sophomores and whatnot. Um, these guys who were quote unquote on the second team, third team, they got a lot of snaps last year. Absolutely, right. and so you know that experience is going to pay dividends. You know, hopefully for them this year.
1: As um, so, as far as just kind of an outlook, though. I mean, with what they accomplished last year, advancing to the regional semifinals. Do you, do you foresee a similar run like that this season? I mean, just I mean, I would assume that you know they are still probably the the odds-on favorite to repeat out of that district. But as far as kind of big picture expectations, at least from your vantage point, what do you kind of see out of Sachse? You
2: Yeah, know, I I, th- I think they certainly have the potential. Uh, again, I do think it's going to go down to that quarterback position, right. and, and it's it's just there's really nothing to go on at this point mm-hmm. uh, because there's going to come a point in time. I mean, like you say, they probably are the, the, the preseason favorite. Uh, I, I don't think there's any question they're going to be one of the four playoff teams at the end. Yeah. But you know when. In the playoffs, you kind of have to have that guy at quarterback that can, you know, like like Jalen Maiden did, kind of take the reins and lead that team to, to, to a victory. So, it's you know, it's going to be a work in progress. We're going to see how it develops.
1: And um, if there was a team, though, in that district that, um, like last year, that could have almost thrown a monkey wrench into that run through the district, it was certainly those uh, those Rowlett Eagles who gave them all they could handle last season. And um, so, yeah, let's just kind of shift then gears to talk about, uh, about Rowlett. Just talk a little about the Eagles, Devin, and what is the, uh, the biggest storyline heading into their season? I, w- I want to see if they can take the take the next step toward, I guess, back toward being a, a district
2: championship type team. They, they were they were an odd team to watch last year. They went one and three. In non-district and they go out and they lose to Louisville, yep. and you kind of scratch your head but then they come right back and beat Rockwall a very good Rockwall team where you go Okay, maybe, was, maybe this is the, the real rally yeah, that result still looks confusing
1: now in hindsight now yeah, and, and then, and
2: then they, they lose their next two and you just kind of you don't know what to make of that team and, and then they kind of they took care of business but it wasn't like they were just overwhelming people in district and you thought oh gosh here we go I mean, running into Saxy. I think yeah. that you know, uh, you know, I think it was eight zero no, against four and four or something like that. And, and Riley's up thirty five twenty one in the in, uh, in, in the fourth quarter before Saxy was able to rally with twenty one points late. Mm-hmm. So it was really confusing, especially as someone who who did see that Rockwell game and who did see them at other times. You know, kind of look like they're trying to find themselves, but then saw how they played Saxy and you just kind of go, okay, which where's the real? You see the potential, but yeah. what's the real team? So I want to see if they can kind of establish that identity early on. Uh, this year, uh, you know, they, they always test themselves pretty well in non district. You know, obviously the game of rockwall is always a a big one, and you know they they've got they've got twelve returning starters, so there is some stability. Uh, they they graduated Preston Weeks at quarterback, uh, Chase Topal last year who was the backup, but Preston Weeks got hurt late in the season, and so he played the last you know, two and a half games. And showed some showed some promise and, and that experience, uh, you know, talking to Coach Doug Stevens, you know, he he said, you know, it wasn't a lot of experience, but just kinda of dipping your toe in the water, so to speak, and, and being out there on that field and kinda of experiencing what it was like, especially, you know, being one of those games was a playoff game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's gonna that's gonna pay big dividends for him. Uh, they have an outstanding running back in Chauncey Amos, who Pretty much was a, a split time last year, but is, is going to probably take over full time duties this year. Antonio Hull at wide receiver was the offensive sophomore of the year last year. Jerry Evans caught 34 passes. He's another guy that's uh, been a reliable uh, target out there. So, you know, Chase Doppel, they, they were pleased with how he developed in the offseason. They were kind of, you know, they were optimistic about what they saw from him mm-hmm. in, in limited time there. So if they can continue to progress, um, you know, their offensive line is young, but, but, you know, Coach Stevens said they have a lot of promise. And, you know, that's it's, it's going to be one of those things for the first month. That's going to be learning on the job type of thing. But I think I think their offense is, is going to be certainly capable. Uh, on defense, that, that in the trenches is similar to the offensive line. Uh, a lot of new guys, but they do have a lot of potential. Jeremiah Franks, Gabriel Tito, players like that, uh, who were part of the rotation uh, last year. Uh, linebacker. Uh, they lost their two top tacklers from last year. Uh, Demodric Wade is back; he was an all district performer. I'm really excited about their secondary, uh, just to see what they can do, um, especially in this day of you know pass happy and having to to corral these five receiver sets because they have three good ones in Lance Canyon, Jared Wesley, Cameron Miles, and other guys ready to step up. So I think you know the defense could be a strength as well.
1: As far as I was obviously, it's fair to say that last year, Saxy versus Rowlett was kind of the, the big game to watch, and that district was probably I mean, the best game played in that district. So um, I don't know. As far as the uh, if you were to pick one game to watch, the one that district <laughs> schedule is it the the annual rowlett Saxy showdown? Is there another one that's kind of on your radar? Where did you Where'd you fall on this?
2: You know, there's some intriguing non district games. I'm really. You know, kind of fascinated by the whole Saxie Euless Trinity matchup. Just, yeah. uh, you know, they, they they've never met, and it's just two teams that really kind of clash philosophically in what they do. Uh, that's intriguing. The, the the Lake Ray Hubbard rivalry with Rowlett and Rock Ball is always good, mm-hmm. but now there's no question. Uh, the game to watch is uh, Saxie and Rowlett, which this year just so happens to fall on the last day of the regular season. Ah. So uh, November 9th at Homer B Johnson mm-hmm. Stadium. Uh, again, last year was just a classic, forty-two to thirty-five. Sachse is able. To Pull it out, and uh, it goes beyond bragging rights. Uh, it could be for the district title again. I think it will likely be for the district title again, but people also overlook it's a seating thing a lot of times. Right. And last year that meant the difference, you know, between playing Lake Collins and Coppell.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, if you look
1: <laughs> at, this, now, at the, yeah. the new
2: landscape here, that could mean the difference between playing Team B or Allen. Right. And no team wants to play yes. Allen. Select team B every time. In the, I mean, certainly not right. in the first round. Yeah. So I, I mean, it, that,
1: right. that didn't seem to hurt Rowlett last time it happened. Well,
2: <laughs> I, I think Alan got the revenge a couple of years later. But but yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't always hope to pull the, an upset that mm. people are still talking about ten years yeah. later. But yeah. no, I mean that's November 9th again. It, it's it's always bragging rights. These mm-hmm. two schools are, are you know just a few miles apart. A lot, a big chunk of Saxon students live in Rowlett, yeah. and that's just the way they're zoned. And you know it's. Bragging rights could be district title, and again that all important seed. So that's that's your game to watch.
1: And last year you learned that no matter what the trajectory is of those two heading in, that uh, it's, yeah, it is the classic the old you know tried and true cliche of throwing the record books out because yes. So then, as far as uh, obviously it sounds like you assume that Rowlett and Sax you're going to both figure into the playoff equation within this district. How about the other two teams? Where did you land on your preliminary top four out of this district?
2: You know, I think there's going to be there's a lot more questions. I think, across the board this year. I think there's going to be more Mm parity than there has been the last couple of years. I don't know if that's going to change the playoff order, though. Right. Um, I I do still have Saxe at one. I mean, they're undefeated the last two years until Mm -hmm. somebody throws them. Um, You know, you can't really pick anything. I still think they have the talent, based on what we just talked about, Uh, to repeat. I do still think that Rylott is that second team. There's enough talent in that system that, that they're going to be there year in, year out. After that <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think it I think it plays out really similar. I think Naaman Forrest finished third. Uh, they're they're a playoff team back to back years after a long drought. Mm-hmm. They returned sixteen stars. I was gonna say they bring back a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and they they run the wing team. And I know we've talked about it on other podcasts how difficult that yeah. is when you don't for see teams it every to prepare week. for yeah. because you know they just you just don't see it and trying to implement a strategy to slow that down. In, in one week is, is really tough and they return three they, they have a new quarterback this year but they return three key cogs in Jordan Bowes Lemuel Adams and Donovan Lee uh, and you know in the wing T you're, you're always rotating mm-hmm. backs in and out so uh, they got an explosive athlete in D.A. McCartney who is actually an outstanding track uh, athlete as well their defense again has eight starters back and that was kind of their backbone you know they grind you with those Eight, nine, ten minute drives on offense keeps the defense fresh, but then the defense does a good job of getting mm-hmm. that, you know, the oppo- opponents from, uh, you know, right back off the field. Some of these guys, which is kind of a rarity in 6A, uh, Bose and Lee, for instance, play both ways at linebacker. So um, that's part of the reason they, ro- they rotate them off yeah. so often. So I had them third, uh, slight edge over Lakeview. I'm really They're concerned, or I'm really not concerned, I'm really interested to see what Lakeview does and specifically Kamar Wheaton. Uh, who came in as a freshman late last year, rushed for 439 yards against a Jesuit in their playoff game, again, as a freshman, uh, went medaled at the state track meet tra- in the 200 meters, just a uh, speedster. He's going to be the featured back this year, and I'm really curious to see what, he's, what he can do uh, given that featured role. Jarrett Adams is back at quarterback, Again, 12 starters overall. So I think i give Lakeview the edge on fourth. I know Wiley, yeah. you know, coming into the district, I know they had a good quarterback in Rashad Dixon, Donovan Ali at wide receiver. I don't know if they have enough overall, though. Uh, it's it's going to be hard to see how they, you know, equate. South Garland, you know, Jaquarian Turner might be the best running back in the district when it's all said and done. I mean, he had Statistically,
1: yeah, he was one of the best eight, in the eight, state eight, last he, year. He had, he had
2: 1,800 yards yeah. uh, last season, even though he was really the only consistent option that South Carolina had, and Deepmans is knew that if yeah. you're going to slow South Carolina down, you're going to have to slow him down, and he still was able to produce. Garland, North Garland, North Garland's kind of been on an uptick of late. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't always translated into a lot of victories. Uh, they returned 15 starters. I don't know if they have enough to get back, or to get into that playoff conversation. Same with Garland. They have nine guys back. They've kind of hit a lull here these last two or three mm-hmm. years, and I- I've heard good things about their Younger, their freshman JV classes, but I don't know if that's going to equate to being part of that, uh, being in the playoff race this year. So yeah, minus Saxey, Rowlett, Naiman, Lakeview, a lot more comp- competition, a lot more exciting games this year. But I still think it plays out the same way it did
1: last year. That's a look at District Ten Six A, obviously got another district on the on the uh, on the docket for Devin to uh, to wax philosophically. And we'll give you a chance to catch your breath as we take a break, and then once we come back after a word from the sponsor, we will touch on District Eleven Six A. Today's student athlete spotlight is brought to you by. Bavarian Grill, authentic Bavarian food and beer garden. Listed by the Zagat as the highest rated German restaurant in Texas for 12 years in a row. 12 years! That's three presidential terms. Uh, you can enjoy traditional and authentic spring favorites now. Everything from appetizers like slow roasted ham hock and potato pancakes to entrees like bratwurst or breaded schnitzel. Uh, bring your whole family for lunch and dinner. They are open Tuesday through Saturday, located off Parker and Highway 75 in Plano, Bavarian Grill. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And let's continue with a look at uh, District 116 a We're going to shift a little bit further out east and talk about uh, some Mesquite ISD action. Show those schools some love. Um, for those who do not know, District 116 a of this year, very similar to the one last year, minus uh, Tyler John Tyler, which is down in 5A. Um, the other seven teams are still intact. Uh, you got your Mesquite ISD trio of Mesquite, Horn, and North Mesquite. Still got the Longview, uh, still got Longview, I should say, uh, the two Rockwall schools, Rockwall and Heath, and Tyler Lee as well, to round out another. Another, which should be another very fascinating, very competitive edition of District Eleven Six A football. Um, let's start in Mesquite ISD. Let's start with the um, the original Mesquite High School. So, uh, talk about the Skeeters, Devin, and just what is the uh, as they enter year number two under uh, under Jeff Fleener. What is the biggest storyline for the Skeeters?
2: Improvement. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, they went one and nine last season. There's always a transition period anytime you have a new coaching staff come in, particularly one that came in kind of late in the process. You know, they didn't have a lot of time during the spring to really implement fully what they wanted to do. And talking with Coach Fleener, his main priority from the moment last season ended was to get stronger. He said, and he didn't mince words, he said we were physically not able to match up with other teams last year. He said, so that was our focus, was to win in the weight room in the off season, And he was really pleased with the team and the effort they put in to to, to following through, to buying into what the coaching staff was selling. So I think you'll see a team that's much more prepared this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, you know, we'll have to see that they they did their part uh, of the off season in terms of, of what the coaching staff asked them to do. Now, now we'll see what that, you know how that translates to success and do improvement in their on the field play. It'll be curious uh, to see what they do on offense. They have a new quarterback, Arturo Flores, is projected as the as the starter. Uh, he's. You know, he did some good things in the spring. They have a kid named Dylan McGill, though, who's a junior, who's going to get snaps. He's one of those guys that uh, is a game breaker. I mean, he can play different positions, but they just need to find the ball, a way to get the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. So, expect to see a lot of him early on in the season as well. Cantrell Ray Jackson was their leading rusher last year. Ladarius Turner uh, was another guy who contributed in the backfield. They're both back, so they have some experience in the backfield. The receiving court, if they can get, if get find a quarterback that can get them the ball, mm-hmm. uh, could be pretty dynamic. I mean, Devin Davis is a a college prospect. He's a 6'4 kid. He can go up and get the ball. Uh, Jadarian Smith was one of their better players last year. DeKetrick Smith is a a guy that kind of opened some eyes during the spring. they They have a nice set of wide receivers uh, also, one thing that they're going to kind of change this year is they're going to use more tight end sets. So a kid like Casey Freeman is is going to be utilized a lot more. And since in this day and age of the spread, you know, not a lot of teams see tight end sets. So they may be able to work him in and have him be a difference maker on there as well. Defensively, you know, people talk about, oh, uh, there's a lack of talent. Well, that's certainly not the case on the defensive line. I think it was Lone Star Gridiron put out a, a list of their top 60 defensive line product, mm-hmm. uh, uh you know, uh, prospects in the state and he had three of them and I don't wow. I didn't see any other t- uh, program on there that had three guys uh that's O.T. Baker i oh, I butcher this Seratin <laughs> oh, Obadia. I'm sorry if I if I cut that. Apologies. Yes, yes. And, and Jackson Turner, all three of those guys made the list. Jackson Turner's kind of their nose guard. He's the one that plugs up two blockers at a mm-hmm. time and really frees it uh, frees it up for those two guys on the ends uh, to make plays. And I mean, these guys were garnering college attention uh, last year. Still, you know, they're going to be co- probably three D1 kids on that defensive line, and that has a chance to really kind of set the tone, especially when you're trying to over you know overturn a one in nine season uh, linebackers. are are young. Uh, they got guys like Alec Rice and Jaden Brown. Um, and their defensive backfield, I think, should be much improved. Uh, Desmond Hall, Gary Green are guys that, that contributed last year. And then Chris Henry is, is a guy to keep an eye on that the coaching staff they named him Blur. Because he has a, they'll be watching film, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they'll just see this blur shoot into the screen um, and just close on the opposing on the running back or on the opposing receiver. So they think he has the potential to be a big time playmaker for them.
1: So as far as you talked about improvement, obviously being kind of at the forefront for uh, for Mesquite. So ultimately, um, what kind of it's obviously expected that they should be better than last year. It'd be you know tough to fathom otherwise. Um, How just to what extent do you see them though improving this season? How what do you ultimately see for the uh, for the Skeeters? I think we'll learn. A lot
2: um, in their in their non district schedule because you know people approach non districts in different ways. Some mm-hmm. people schedule tough because they want to you know to play against the best and to kind of, you know, get battle-tested. Some, you know, look at it as as, you don't always want to win, but they also look at it as a chance to work in some younger players. I think when you're coming off a one-win season, it's really important to kind of instill that winning attitude and instill that confidence Mm -hmm. uh, to guys that didn't enjoy a lot of it last year. So I think they're going to approach these first three games, you know, wanting to go out there and and, and win. Not that every team doesn't, but I think it's very important to kind of get get that confidence going, uh, instill that win, Attitude, and see if that carries over in district play. Because
1: i you' looking over the schedule right now. They got Lake Highlands to open, Grand Prairie, Plano West, um, LD Bell. So as far as I mean, there's it's,
2: it's winnable games. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's you know, so so you know, if, if they can come out of there two and two, even. You know, just get just get that taste. You know, just give these tis, kids a taste of winning. I think that could carry you know carry forward yeah. a, a long way in districts.
1: Um, a team that's on a bit of a bit of a different trajectory, one that won a district championship last year and had a just another strong season um, out of Mesquite uh, Horn. Talk about the Horned Jaguars, Devin, as they prepare to defend a, uh, was, I guess, you could probably say in hindsight, maybe, a, I don't know if it was an improbable district title, but certainly a one that I think heading into the season, you know, the expectations, at least externally, might have been a, been a bit different.
2: Yeah, you know, I think most people had them pegged as a playoff team, for yeah. sure. Oh, I mean, yeah. they've been a perennial playoff team since 2008. Uh, the, the only question was, they graduated Chris Robinson, who kind of rewrote the record book for them, um, mm-hmm. uh, a quarterback, and no one was really quite sure what Jermaine Gibbons was going to do, taking over as the starting Quarterback, even though he'd showed some signs in, in limited time as a sophomore. Now the, the question question is, yeah. <laughs> now the question is, what can he do for an encore? Yeah. I mean, he throws for 2,628 yards and 29 touchdowns, rushes for 1,200, almost 1,300 yards and 20 touchdowns. yeah, and almost ten, 50 yeah touchdowns. So, so 40, 49 touchdowns in yeah. 12 games. So, mm. you know, shade over four a game. Uh, that's You're not going to find many, if, and I can't think of one off the top of my head uh, that averaged four uh, four touchdowns a game yeah, you know, anywhere went,
3: in the state. You look at Lake Dallas and, and Ryan Debersmith, I think he had 39, so 10 mm-hmm. fewer for a guy that basically kind of fills a similar role for, yeah. for that team. So a whole <laughs> a whole yeah. 10 fewer touchdowns. So. Yeah, and so, and so like I
2: say, he just, he just took the district by storm last year with the district most valuable player. Again, what can he do for an encore? He's got good pieces around him too. It's not like they just snap the ball to him and say, Jermaine,
1: Do stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah, do your thing. Uh, Esaias Taylor had a really good season uh, running the ball, Mm 807 yards, 10 touchdowns. He's he's an excellent wide receiver, too. He he didn't get a chance to really do much in the receiving game in the passing game last year, but you saw glimpses, and you saw it in 7-on-7. He was Mm -hmm. one of their top 7-on-7 players. So... Look for him to be involved in more in the passing game as well. They do, they did graduate a couple key guys. Their two leading receivers last year, but they've always been able to reload at wide receiver. Reagan Nickerson. Has experience. Nikowski Emery came on and got some experience last year. Donovan Payne, uh, Cameron Jackson, uh, Ben White is a transfer that's coming in that they're really, really excited about. So, you know, Horn is kind of, these la- this last decade has established themselves. It's kind of like Saxe. you know, it's kind of in that same time frame mm-hmm. as being one of the most exciting teams in terms of being able to put up points in the area. And uh, I don't see that changing this year. Defensively, um, they're, they're, the big question mark is up front. Uh, you know, Coach Overton was was pretty pumped about some of the kids they have working into that rotation in the trenches. Uh, but again, they're still new. Their linebacker core should be. Outstanding. Uh, Kendrick Blackshire was the district newcomer of the year last year. Seventy tackles as a freshman. You don't, you know, see freshmen stepping in and, and playing a pivotal role, especially at linebacker, middle linebacker on defense. Uh, you know, but he's already got offers from all over Alabama's, and you know, any, wow. you know, he's he's gonna as just a sophomore, he's pr- he's pretty much gonna have his pick of where he wants to go play college mm-hmm. ball. You know, DeAndre Warren is right there. Quavon Grant. These are two very, very good linebackers in their own right. Second they did graduate three uh, kids that are going to play college ball. So they're, they're going to have to kind of reload there. Larry Donnell's back, which is big. He was an audition performer. So again, I think that linebacker core has the, is one of the best in the area, mm-hmm. and that's going to, I guess, their strength in the middle is going to give them time to, to develop in other areas.
1: And of course, you know, Horn always schedules a tough non-district schedule, and as far as, you know, you mentioned some of those areas where, um, like the defensive line, where they may maybe not not entirely sure what they might have, and then you look at that opener against Allen, and that'll, I mean, that'll test you right out.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right out of the gates. When your first two games are against reigning state champions, yeah. they, because they follow that up with Highland Park. Yes. So, yeah, it's uh, you know, and, and Horn has not shied away from no, tough no, district match, non district matchups, and it's gotten them ready. I mean, there's there's been years that you look at their, their record at the end of the season, you kind of think, why you know, is, is this one of those five and five, six and four teams going to the yeah. playoffs? But when you look at who their first three or four games are, mm-hmm. were against, I mean, they could be one and three and still be considered one of the best teams in the area. You know, just based on who they play.
1: Let's look at uh, North Mesquite, a team that's kind of in a spot that uh, I guess you could say that Mesquite was in at this time last year, as they acclimate to a uh, to a new head coach, one that came along in you know, a little bit later in the um in the off season, and Tim Cedar, former uh, former Dallas Cowboy. Um, talk a little bit about the Stallions, Devin, and just kind of what the biggest plot line is entering their first year under Coach Cedar. Uh, you know, developing
2: an identity. It, it's again, that it's the same. Um, you mentioned the Mesquite. Uh, you know, with, with Coach Flaner last year, mm-hmm. you know, Tim Cedar's familiar with that program. He was the defensive coordinator, assistant head coach at Horn for the last five years. So, you know, he's seen from across the way mm-hmm. uh, kind of what that program is about. But, and again, it's just that transition. you got to implement a whole new, you know, culture, a whole new program. So it doesn't help that he only has 10 starters back either, mm-hmm. especially only three on offense. So they're going to be breaking a new quarterback. Uh, Kamari Thompson might be that person. But, you know, I think they're going to look at several different guys. Jawan Clark was, was a very nice running back last year. He'll settle into that uh, lead role this year uh, with Latavia and Larry having graduated. Their top three re- uh, wide receivers all graduated, and there's Holtz on the offensive line as well. So, again, it's going to be, a, it'd be about establishing a identity, especially on offense, early on, under Coach Cedar, with a lot of new faces, with a lot of, uh, of people who just haven't had a chance to, to perform at the varsity level. Their defense is in a little bit better shape. They do have seven returning starters. Uh, Jalen DeLance on the defensive line is, is a college prospect. Uh, Kevion Curry and Jordan Colston at linebacker give a pair of nice players in the middle. And Samuel Inyang uh, in, the, in the secondary is a returning starter and all district performer. So, they have a little bit more, um, I guess, proven commodities on the defense. But again, it's a, a first year. It's a transition year, and it's in a, in a tough district. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be, it's a tough road ahead. So we'll, we'll, we'll you know, just kind of see how quickly they can kind of make that turnaround off the of three and seven season seasonal a year ago.
1: Um, as far as I totally forgot to ask what your outlook was for for, uh, for Horn, so let's, let's just combo up those two. Just talk a bit about just kind of your uh, your preliminary expectations on what you feel it like can be accomplished for both Horn and North Mesquite, two teams that are probably going to be, at, you know, it's fair to say, probably at different ends of the uh, of 11-6A spectrum, just yeah. based on circumstance. Yeah, you
2: know, Horn, certainly the expectation is to make the playoffs. I mean, they're going for their 11th straight playoff appearance. They have the longest active Mesquite ISD streak in terms of doing so, and there's no reason to think they can't. When you return the district, MVP. Yeah. would be... Jermaine Gibbons and, and the pieces around him, uh, you know, they're they're and they're not going to be satisfied by just making the playoffs. You know, they're they're, they're the reigning district champions and they mm. expect to compete. and I expect them to compete right there at, at the end. In, you know, as as one of the uh, the top competitors for that. Northern Skeets again, it's it's. It's a little bit tougher to call because you know not only are you seeing uh, the coaching staff uh, and that product for the first time but you know even if they had the same coaching staff coming back, you're seeing a lot of these players for the first time it's, it's just a tough district to navigate yeah. if they can similar to Mesquite if they, they can pull off a couple wins early on, kind of build some confidence you know maybe they can catch a kind of ride away from momentum uh, you know pull an upset or two. And, and get there and work their way into the playoff conversation. But it's just going to be really tough in, in the first year.
1: Are they having to adjust much uh, to, as far as their schemes? As Coach Cedar coming in and just kind of revamping the uh, the system, or just
2: it's? it's the... I mean, you know, you're always going to have variations and, and different different looks. I mean, and, and North Muskie's been kind of one of those teams that have adopted their offensive style to their personnel. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they had Jacquez Gooch a couple of years ago, who was a, a dynamic dual threat, they geared their offense toward that. You know, when they had more of a traditional pocket passer type. Like they did before him, and like they did last season, um, then they, they tweak their offense toward that. I think he's. I think he's doing a similar thing. I think they're looking at their personnel mm. and, and adapting the right offensive mindset to, to best utilize that.
1: Okay. So as far as then the uh, your game to watch out of eleven six A, where did you fall in this? What is the one game that folks should have circled on their 11 6 A calendar this season?
2: October twelfth. Okay. Horn at Longview. Um, I'm not going to say that's going to be. Uh, a de facto district championship game because I have made that proclamation on some other games to watch, but it's certainly going to be a, a big player in and, and who wins that district title. Uh, it's at Lobo Stadium, which is one of the true home field advantages oh, yeah. out there, and it's a place, it's almost akin to Highlander Stadium, where Highland Park plays, to where it doesn't matter. The, the ball just seems to bounce Highland Park's way when they play at home. And the same thing tends to happen. or coaches will kind of mention it. <laughs> the same thing tends to happen out in Longview. You know, it's mm-hmm. and it's it's a tough place to play for, for, especially for the local teams, because you know it's a three hour bus ride to get out there, and then they pack that stadium. You know, they sell out every week, and it's you know, it's it's really an incredible atmosphere every time they play. But yeah, October twelfth last year, that was kind of Horn's um, coming out party was in that district opener. Uh, they just took advantage of a slew of Longview turnovers in ended up winning 52-34. And uh, that was really ultimately the difference in them being able to hold off Longview for the district championship. And Longview is not used to losing district games, period. I mean, they've won 10 out of the last 12 district titles. And they're certainly not used to losing to Mesquite schools. Since 2004, when they really kind of became a fixture in that district, it has been every year, but they've been, for, for a majority of the time, they've been in that district with the Mesquite schools. They're 26-4. and against mesquite isd so they're not used to losing the mesquite and they're certainly not used to being drubbed like they were last year i mean they were down i think 42 to 10 at the half and i mean just reading their social media they were just, the longview folks were just going crazy because they just didn't know how to act um and so obviously like I say it's, it's going to be huge as far as the race for the district title but you add in the revenge factor that longview they did they're, they're that game has not been erased yeah. from their memories, and they are going to want revenge. And it's a home game, and they understand the importance of it in the big picture, anyway. So that's that's the one I'm really looking forward to.
1: You mentioned um, just that home field advantage out in um, out Longview, and I remember back when I first started the paper, my first season covering high school football was in 2009, and that was right um, fresh off Allen's first ever state championship. And then the following season, that 2009 opener was at Longview. Oh, okay, and sure enough, after the uh, the uh, the Victory from 2008. Right out of the gates, they're dealt a 28-25 loss at Lobo Stadium. So, it's legit. Yeah, yes. <laughs> no matter the caliber of the opponents. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, obviously a yeah, Horn and Longview, definitely a, a very worthy candidate for the biggest game in 11-6A. As far as the uh, your top four out of this, uh, which should be another competitive district schedule. Um, obviously John Tyler won't factor into the mix this year, so it might you know, open things up a little bit. But just kind of how do you uh, how do you foresee the top four in this district shaking out?
2: You know, I, I'm going to roll with, you know, the, the, I guess it's it's maybe a cop-out, but until you're dethroned as champions, mm-hmm. you're still a champion, I, I do think that, that horns it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, there's three. I think Horn, Longview, and Rockwall, it wouldn't surprise me if any of those teams won a district championship. But I, I think Horn, again, and I think Jermaine Givens is that difference maker. I think, you know, they have the pieces around them. I think their defense is going to be solid. I think their skill guys are good. But I think Jermaine Givens, I mean, he, he's the reigning MVP, wouldn't surprise me if he wanted to get Again, I, I just I think that they are the team to beat, and I think they certainly have the tools to um, to defend that title. Longview again is going to be right there. Uh, they, they have a, a uh, eleven returning starters, but eight on offense. And uh, Haynes King is taking over as the full time starter at quarterback. He's the coach's son, John King's. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that Williams is back at running back. They have an outstanding defense uh, with several Division one prospects over there. So I look at them, uh, for them to finish second. Rockwell, again, as always, always have an explosive offense. Uh, Jacob Clark is back as a returning starter a quarterback. Jackson Smith, the wide receiver, was one of the most impressive players I saw all season long last year. I
1: remember you raving about
2: that kid at the start of last year. Yeah, it, I mean, it was just, there's, you know, we, we're supposed to kind of keep quiet and some, some, members of the press do that better than others i think i pride ourselves yeah. on, on actually being pretty professional yeah. Yeah, up there no
1: cheering in the press box too. <laughs> <Yes. this season. laughs> i mean there's
2: there are some areas of the state that get a little yeah. bit vocal i'm not going to point yeah. out who um but jackson smith was one of those that even when you're trying not to make you know you just kind of you can't help yourself sometimes you're just kind of going god did you see that you know what I'm i mean, just, just i mean he was just that kind of uh, of athlete uh-huh. so I have Rockwell third, but again, that top three is so close, it's so hard to call. But I, Horn, Longview, uh, Horn, I mean, Rockwell, and then fourth, I have Tyler Lee. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be. I think Kurt Traylor has, has, a, has a track record of success everywhere he's been as an assistant. And, you know, that Tyler Lee program had been in such turmoil with coaching changes over the last five years. He came in, he added some stability. They have an outstanding running back, in Ladarius Quickware, who's going to be a three year starter. And if you look at their offensive line, they have four returning offensive linemen mm-hmm. starters, and they're big and they're good. And so when you have a, a seasoned opposite line like that and a talent like Larry's Wickwear on running back, I think that's that's enough. If their defense could do enough, I mean, I think that's enough to give them a slight edge over, over Rockwell Heath, Mesquite, North Mesquite.
1: All righty. Well, that is a look at District 11-6A. That'll just do uh, That'll do it for this edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. We've got two districts left. On Thursday, we'll be back <laughs> to discuss District 9-6A. Um, and in the meantime, folks, Devin, obviously very much appreciate you for hearing this <laughs> podcast and... And uh, stopping by, Taylor, you the same, folks. We'll be back on Thursday with another edition of the podcast. You keep enjoying your week, and we will talk to you all later.
0: Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements.